Alright, what up? Welcome back. How we doing? Episode 57 of the Wide Right Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Honey. As always, of Elite Sports New York and Elite Sports Radio Network. Coming to you live on a Friday afternoon. A lot to get to today. Jam-packed episode. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. What do we got? Daniel Jones news. Blake Martinez news. Odell Beckham had a couple things to say about his former team, the New York Giants, this week. And we get into our Giants-Cardinals preview. Giants obviously facing... The Arizona Cardinals this Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time at MetLife Stadium. Giants coming in 5-7, and 1-4 straight. We know the deal. Big game when you're when you're in a division title race such as them. Every game is bigger than the last. Uh, they'll be going up against the 6-6 six and six Cardinals who have lost three straight and now sit in third place in the NFC West division. And instead of concluding the episode after that preview, we're actually going to uh, switch things up a little bit this uh, this episode for the first time ever. In the history of the Wide Right Podcast, we will have a guest on the show, Danny Small, Elite Sports New York, Editor-in-Chief, credentialed Knicks reporter, does some Jets stuff as well. He's going to be coming on, we're going to be talking about, you know, some Jets stuff, the Jets finish against the Raiders, you know, the whole, you know, all-out blitz, and then the Greg Williams fire thereafter, you know, the them firing Greg Williams thereafter. We'll get into all that, um, but start off, let's go with, um, let's talk about the update on the quarterback. Daniel Jones, obviously dealing with a hamstring strain that he suffered in the Week 12 win over Cincinnati, missed Week 13's win over Seattle. Have a couple had a couple different reports this week, but all in all, progress is being made. That is the big thing with this injury. That's a big thing with any injury. Progress is being made. Earlier in the week, ESPN's Jordan Ronan reported that Jones was expected to play this coming Sunday against the Cardinals, per a source close to Jones. On Thursday, he took the first snaps with the offense during individual drills. Was still limited in practice, but it was the most he had done since the injury, according to Ron as well. And then on Friday, Jones was listed as questionable for the game on the injury report, but he was a full participant in Friday's practice, so that was huge. So, looks like Jones is going to be back on Sunday. Obviously, nothing is ever confirmed until, you know, it's, at least with me, with any injury, it's okay, I'll believe it when I see it, but... As of right now, it looks like Jones will play this Sunday against the Cardinals, which is huge. Because as I said before, when you're in a division title race, every game is bigger than the last. So that's huge for the Giants to get him back. Um, doesn't mean, you know, it's pressure is taken off the defense. No, defense has still got to step up. But, you know, it's huge to get your starting quarterback Does it back. You know, doesn't matter who, what team you are. Um, so that's big. Blake Martinez, not so great news, okay? I'm going to just preface that. Blake Martinez, inside linebacker for the Giants, obviously, you know, third in the NFL in total tackles, the 111, obviously, that's a stat that's leading the team. He's been a great pickup by Dave Gettleman thus far in his inaugural year with the Giants. Injured his back against the Seahawks. He missed practice on Wednesday, despite the fact that it was just a walkthrough. He then was limited on practice on Thursday. And then he did not practice on Friday. Now he is he is listed as questionable for the game. So as far as you know that status, I guess you could say it's the same as Jones, but it's really not because Jones was a full participant in practice on Friday, and Blake wasn't a participant at all. Martinez was not participating whatsoever. Um, he listed as a DNP on the injury report. You know what that means? It means did not participate or did not practice, whatever you want to say. So not looking great. As of right now, I mean, things could change, things could progress, things could become better, you know, by Sunday afternoon, but, you know, that did not practice is, you know, not exactly the most pleasing news to hear. Not ideal, especially when the game is in less than 48 hours at this point. Um, So, yeah, uh, we'll see what happens, but that would be a huge blow to this Giants defense if they were not to have... They were leading if the Giants defense was not to have its leading tackler on the field, especially against a guy like Kyler Murray who will run all over you if you're not careful. So, but we'll get into the more, you know, Kyler Murray game plan and stuff like that later on. 
So OBJ. Been a while since we've talked about OBJ on this podcast. Uh, we all know who OBJ is. I don't think I need to give him an introduction. If you don't, you know, stop living underneath a rock. Beckham out for the year, obviously, due to a torn ACL. Could be the end of his days in Cleveland. Not going to get too much into that, but what I will get into is the fact that he was on the All Things Covered podcast, which is a podcast brought to you by CBS Sports, has Patrick Peterson, you know, Cardinals cornerback of the Giants will play this week, and Bryant McFadden as the hosts. Beckham appeared on it and had some things to say about his former team, the New York Football Giants. He said, quote, I never thought that I would play for another team besides the Giants. I never wanted to win a championship for anybody more than the Giants. It just was such a legendary place. I was very proud to be a part of that organization. I'm going to tell you where I ran into trouble. I felt like they never put people around Eli. I know I got a lot of shit when I talked bad on Eli, and I never once said a bad thing. If anything, I just speak the truth. The only thing I can look back on and be like, man, I regret saying that, is saying he's not the same player, even though it's the truth. He's right on two accounts. One. Eli wasn't the same player. We all know this, okay? He did start to decline with age. You know, obviously, when Beckham came up, Eli was in his later years. Uh, and, you know, that was obvious that he was declining with age. That's why the Giants chose Daniel Jones at number six overall in 2019. And some believe they should have chosen a quarterback even earlier. Some believe they should have chosen, you know, maybe Darnold or Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson instead of Saquon Barkley in 2018. But he's also right with the Giants not providing him any help around Eli. He's right about the Giants not giving Eli help. Not so much the weapons, because he was one of the weapons, but more so the offensive line. And you can't disagree with the fact that that offensive line wasn't horrendous for years. Okay, That offensive line was putrid for a long time. And with Eli, with the type of, with the type of player he was, which was a non-mobile quarterback, Probably the least mobile quarterback ever, maybe. You needed a perfect offensive line for him to succeed, and they just never had that. You know, they chose Eric Flowers in 2015's first round. He was an obvious bust. We all know that. They chose him in the first round of 2015, and they basically ignored that position in the first round until Eli was already gone. They chose Eric Flowers in the first round of 2015. They didn't chose an offensive lineman until in the first round again. Until 2020, when they chose Andrew Thomas. So, it, that was a big reason for Eli's decline. I understand, OBJ is right. He was declining with age, okay? Just like a lot of, all players do. But the off, he, he is also right that they didn't provide any assistance around him. The offensive line was just, it was just terrible for so long. There was no, there's no going around that. The Eric Flower years, the, you know, Bobby Hart, Marshall Newhouse. I mean, they had a couple good guys. They had Weston Richburg who was good at center. Justin Pugh was pretty good. They got rid of him after his after five years. You know, it's they they, they got they got rid of any of the guys who were good. And uh, yeah, I, the offensive line was just putrid for so long. That was you know that's what OBJ is basically saying. They didn't provide any help with him on the offensive line. And as I said before, you know, taking into account. Eli's play style, which is not running quarter, which is not a running quarterback, which is not really get outside the pocket and extend plays. You need a clean pocket and a perfect offensive line, and the Giants did not have that for years. Why was he able to succeed in like two thousand in two thousand seven and two thousand eight? Well, David Deal was good, Rich Seibert was good, Sean O'Hara, Chris Snee, Kareem McKenzie, all those guys were good, and that was a fantastic offensive line. After that, kind of tough. You know, because he's, he's, he's not a Lamar Jackson or even like, I don't know, like a, a Mitch Trubisky even, where he can get outside. Maybe Mitch Trubisky's not the best comparison. But, you know you know what I'm saying? He's not a quarterback that you could just, he can get outside the pocket and extend plays. He never was. You needed a clean pocket. Giants never had it. OBJ then went on to say, quote, he started talking about, um, excuse me, before I say the quote, he started talking about Pat Shermer, former Giants coach who was, you know, disaster basically the last two seasons. OBJ said, quote, you know, we got a new coach in there and I feel like that's a situation I could be honest about now because people have come out and it's like anonymous coaches but we really know who it was. I felt betrayed in a sense. Like this coach tried to turn me against my brothers and my people and was telling the young guys to stay away because I'm not a good person or not a good teammate or role model or this or that. He's talking about Pat Shermer. We all know this. 
Okay, and Shermer obviously, as I said before, was a disaster at head coach. Won nine games in two years. I can't believe they waited until the end of the second year to get rid of him. You know, I thought the Giants would have gotten rid of Shermer when they lost nine straight games last year to drop to two and eleven. But I guess what do I know? Um, you know, it's I don't know if Beckham is exaggerating it. You know, but I can't tell. I can't tell. I feel like that's something Shermer would do. It didn't seem like they ever had a fantastic relationship, Shermer and Beckham. Um, you know, I just you know. We all know Beckham off-field antics and stuff like that, and I just don't think Shermer was ever great at getting a hold of him. You know, I just didn't think Shermer was a great leader for the most part. So I can't tell if Beckham is exaggerating it or not, or if this is actually true. I could see it either way. You know, I I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. If Shermer was telling the younger guys, don't talk to OBJ or, you know, stay away from him because he's not a good person or a good teammate or role model or, you know, what. Beckham said in the quote, I wouldn't be exactly surprised if that was, like, if Shermer was doing that. It's just, I just feel like that's a Shermer thing to do or say, um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if OBJ is exaggerating it, but, you know, I'm, I'm not in the building. You know, you're not in the building. None of us are in the building. We don't know exactly what's going on in the locker room, you know, in the meeting rooms and stuff like that, or, you know, what was going on then. You know, Beckham hasn't played for the Giants in two years already. It, we don't know. So, either way, it's in the past. Uh, it was, I guess, you know, when OBJ says stuff like that, it does make headlines, um, you know, considerably. So he's, OBJ's just a headline-grabbing guy. That's just, the guy has always been, you know, the, the hair, the catches, and this, you know, the he's very outspoken, he's out there, and, you know, that's not a bad thing, but, you know, it, that's just how he is. He's always been a, he, he's always, even in the beginning, Towards the beginning of the year, he was like a global guy. People knew who Odell Beckham was. You know, he was everywhere. So, but it's in the past. Either way, whether OBJ is exaggerating it or telling the truth, Shermer is definitely someone to forget about if you're a Giants fan, 100%. I mean, were there any good wins? The only good win I can really think about during Shermer's tenure with the Giants was the Daniel Jones game-winning touchdown against Tampa Bay in his first ever start. You know, that's really all I can think of. Alright, so, moving on. Let's talk some Giants-Cardinals, shall we? Giants enter 5-7 and seven atop the NFC East because they have the tiebreaker over Washington. Washington's also 5-7. and seven. Giants won both head-to-head games over Washington, so they have the tiebreaker. We all know this. Giants are on a four-game win streak coming off a big win over the Seattle Seahawks. We also know this. Cardinals 6-6, six and six, three-game losing streak at the moment. Haven't won since the Hale Murray play over Buffalo, which already seems like ages ago. It's been almost a month ago. So, Giants, this isn't, don't take the Cardinal. If you're going to say the Giants are better than their record, then you can't say the that the Cardinals aren't better than their record. The Card- Cardinals are, you know, Cardinals are good. I get it, they're 6-6. Six and six. I get it, they're ice cold right now. They've lost three in a row. But we've seen this Cardinals team employ a high-powered offense for much of the year. That's a given. We've seen Kyler Murray play good football most of the year. DeAndre Hopkins, obviously good. You know, we, we this this team has guys, and we've seen this team be good for much of the year. It's just this stretch right now of games has not this you know the past three weeks have not been so you know great for them. But this is a good team, and the Giants can't just you know come in. They they, they got to prepare. They got to be prepared. They got to step up just as much as they did against Seattle. This team beat Seattle. The Cardinals did. A couple, you know, on Sunday Night Football. A couple months ago. Or almost two months ago. So the Giants got to come in ready to go. Especially on the defensive side of the ball. And speaking of defensively, Giants last week against Seattle utilized more of a 4-3 look. With, you know, Leonard Williams and Jabal Sheard on the two uh, defensive end spots. Had Dexter Lawrence, Dalvin Tomlinson in the middle. The interior line spots. Um, Austin Johnson, B.J. Hill sort of rotate them in. I think that's the, the defensive alignment the Giants have to go with against Arizona. Listen, it's a running quarterback. They use it against um, Seattle. Russell Wilson's obviously a running quarterback. Kyler Murray's very much more a running quarterback. You know, obviously Russell Wilson is mobile. That's a, he can he can run all over you. But Kyler Murray's a lot younger. He's a lot more athletic at this point in his career. And if you're not careful, he will run all over you. 
So the Giants got to be strong up front, use that 4-3 defensive alignment, and contain the edges. As I said, Kyler Murray will run all over you if you're not careful. Doesn't seem like that dude even has fatigue built into his body. The kid runs all over the field. Doesn't seem like he gets tired. You know, he's the most exciting. He's one of the most exciting players, quarterbacks that I've ever watched. You know, he runs back and forth, and then he throws it out of bounds. I'm like, wow, I had fun watching that play. He doesn't seem like Kyler Murray has ever gotten tired. And you know, you gotta, you gotta be careful. He'll, he'll run all, all up and down the field, and it's it'll it will kill the Giants all game if they don't defend it correctly. Kid's got crazy speed. As I said before, definitely more mobile than Russell Wilson, and Wilson's obviously mobile. We know that. So they just gotta they gotta keep doing what they're doing with those guys up front, Leonard Williams and Jabal Sheard on the two end spots. Mix you know interior line. You gotta rotate through with Dalvin Tomlinson and Dexter Lawrence, and then keep doing what you're doing with guys like Cam Brown, Carter Coffin, and the linebacker spots. You know, um, Devontae Downs. We'll see if Martinez is playing. You know, work guys in. It's working. This rotation of guys coming into the game is working, okay? Keep bodies fresh, keep minds focused, and keep opposing offenses confused because if you just keep throwing the same guys at the the offensive line and the quarterback, they'll, you know, they'll under, still figure out and realize how to, you know, play off of that, you know? Like, you can't just keep throwing the same blitz packages and the same guys on the rush because the, the, the offensive line is going to know how to guard that. They're going to know how to defend that. You got to confuse the opposing offense. Got to rotate guys in, uh, mix some things up. If you're Patrick Graham, you've been doing that all year, keep doing it, okay? And when you're pressuring Kyler Murray, and the Giants are going to want to pressure him, okay? Because the Giants were great with the pass rush against Seattle. And that's even without their top four edge rushes from the beginning of the year. Okay, as I said before, Lorenzo Carter, done for the year. Ocean Zimenez, done for the year. Kyler Fackerel, IR. Marcus Golden, traded in October to Arizona. That's how good Patrick Graham has been with this defense because they can still pressure opposing quarterbacks without their top four edge rushers from the beginning of the year. Okay, And when you're pressuring Murray, which you're going to do, you have to compose yourself. Don't overrun him. Okay, If you lose your footing or your balance and you have to stop and change direction, Murray's going to take advantage of that and he's going to change direction quicker than you will because he does it to everybody. As I said before, he'll run all over you. All over you. Okay? So four three defensive alignment, set the edges, and don't and you gotta compose yourself when you're pressuring Murray. Don't come up out of control. He'll juke you out. He does it to everybody. Okay. And as far as the secondary is concerned, maybe chill out with the soft zone. <laughs> I'm gonna have to be honest with you. Maybe chill out with the soft zone, especially when you take into consideration that you're playing against guys like DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk. My guess is that. Be- James Bradbury's, uh, not my guess, this better be what happens. Bradbury's going to be locked on DeAndre Hopkins all game. That's evident. James Bradbury's got two big, you know, um, actually three big uh, um, tasks in a row or tests in a row. Seattle with DK Metcalf. This week, Arizona with DeAndre Hopkins. And then they played Cleveland the following week. He's got Jarvis Landry. So, Anyway, Bradbury's got to be locked on Hopkins all game. That's evident. Hopefully, Isaac Yadam steps up like he did last week. I thought Isaac Yadam played arguably his best game of the year against the Seahawks. Um, but I'm not a fan of the I'm not a fan of the soft zone. I think teams figure out how to take advantage of it, and that's you know I think that's that's why the be completely honest. There's guys in that secondary that are great. Bradbury, especially Peppers, Logan Ryan. Um, but the Giants secondary isn't. Actually, actually isn't that great statistically. 18th in the NFL with 242.3 passing yards allowed per game, despite the fact that Bradbury is having an all-pro season. That's because of the soft zone. They got to chill out with the soft zone. They need to be more aggressive. Um, you know, I think they need to play more man. Uh, and um, yeah, I, I just I don't, I'm not a fan of the soft zone. I think teams figure out how to take advantage of it. I think Kyler Murray is good enough that he'll figure out how to take advantage of it. So, But we'll see what they try to do uh, on Sunday. And all in all, this is going to be one of the more better, this is going to be one of the more dynamic, explosive offenses and one of the more dynamic quarterbacks they'll face all year. So the defense has got to step up. That's a given. And uh, hopefully it does. Defense can't slow down. 
Had arguably its best performance against Seattle uh, this past Sunday. Defense has got to step up even more this Sunday. This coming Sunday. That's 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 got to be done. Offensively, I say it every week, and I'll continue to say it. And this is this this is going to be the case, whether Jones is playing or Colt McCoy is playing. Run the football. Cardinals are twenty second in the league with one hundred and twenty three rushing yards allowed per game. Okay, one hundred and twenty three rushing yards allowed per game. This is the perfect opportunity for Wayne Gallman to continue his success. Set a new career high the last two games, 94 yards against Cincinnati, 135 against Seattle. Offensive line has improved every week, is continuing to improve, and will continue to improve even further this coming week. So get Gallman going. If he needs a breather, get Alfred Morris going as well. Assuming Jones plays, um, you know, Arizona secondary is middle of the road, so Jones shouldn't have too difficult of a time finding his guys and making plays. But regardless, if you're Jones or if you're McCoy even, got to take care of the ball. That's what McCoy did well last week. Okay, He had the one pick that was sort of, you know, it was tipped off Evan Engram. wasn't that great of a throw. But other than that, McCoy took care of the ball and didn't make too many mistakes. Giants got to do that this week. Just take care of the ball offensively, utilize the run game, open up the play action, and then that's when you'll thrive. Okay, I think if they just stick to that game plan, a number of guys will have big games on the offensive end, including Jones and Gallman, and the Giants will be fine in those regards. Just what I said, just run the ball, take care of the football, tire this defense out, open up the play action, uh, and uh, you'll sh- you, they should be fine. Also, fix the second down play calling, shall we? Please, can, can we please do that? I feel that the Giants are never great on second down. The play calling is always questionable on third down. It could be second and ten, they run the ball, they set, they set themselves up for a third and I, I hate it. The reason it's third and long is because they, they it's like second and ten. They run the ball three, four yards. Oh, whoop de doo third and six. That's not great. Third and seven, even worse. Giants got to fix second down play calling. Um, so we'll, we'll see if they make some sort of adjustments this week and they make some progress with that. I mean, I don't know if they will, but I'm obviously hoping they, they do. Also, spread the field. You, you got weapons, okay? Shepard, Slayton, Engram, use them, okay? Spread the field, fix the second down play calling, run the ball, protect the football. That's what you got to do to win this game. (sighs) Reverse psychology for the fifth straight week. I don't know if people get annoyed at this, but it works. So until it stops working, I'm going to keep doing it. 21-17 Cardinals. Believe I predicted that score the last four weeks. And uh, it has worked each time. Considering they're on a four-game win streak, so 21-17 Cardinals. That's my uh, that's my final prediction. And so now we will get to uh, my discussion with my guy Danny Small. Uh, we'll be talking about you know the Jets finish. We'll get into some, the Jets finish against the Raiders, the Greg Williams fire. Get into some NFL stuff, mix in some Giants stuff right there. Uh, talk about you know the Jets' chances of getting Trevor Lawrence and what that means for the future, what you know Darnold's future, um, you know means moving forward, and uh, yeah, let's get into that. All right, so now we have on my first guest ever, episode fifty-seven. It took me fifty-seven episodes to have a guest on. Uh, is Danny Small. Danny's our editor in chief at Elite Sports New York. Also covers. Uh, he's a credentialed Knicks reporter. Covers the Jets. Um, so, and we're going to be talking about, we've had a couple of days to digest this, this whole Jets um, Raiders finish. I was literally writing the, I guess, po- little post game for the Jets. For those who don't know, I don't really do many post games for the Jets. I'm mostly just Giants post games, but I did one for the Jets. And I was like watching that and had like a certain, I had like the whole like, oh, Jets win, like no longer in lead for Trevor Lawrence and everything changed. And like that while watching the Giants game, I had like two screens going. So you've had a couple of days that I just did. What was your reaction when the, you know, cover zero house splits? Are you happy? Were you upset? Because Evan Roberts on WFAN put it perfectly. It's just complicated. Like mm-hmm. What was your, what did you, how did you react to that? All right. So I'll just, I'll preface this by saying this is the first year as a Jets fan that I've ever rooted for the tank. Like in in all past years, even when they're like three and you know three and ten or whatever, I still like 
the week to me is just better with a Jets win. So I've, I've never really been about the tank, even in years when I know I probably should have been. But this year with Trevor Lawrence, everything, I've, I'm all in on it. Um, and the other day, the game, I was in the car, actually. So I'm listening to Bob Shoes and Marty Lyons on the radio. And I'm sitting there going, you know, however many seconds are left, they got one chance. I'm sitting there going, you know, well, Justin Fields is good. You know, he might even be better than Lawrence. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm rationalizing it in my head. Just trying to stay optimistic. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I, I, th- <laughs> I think I even tweeted something about, you know, Justin Fields is better than, than Trevor Lawrence anyway. So I'm um, sitting there in the car and Bob was and goes, and, and they're bringing the blitz. Or he said something along those lines, like, all out blitz. And yeah. I'm going, no way, no way. And he goes, yeah. and Carr throws it up, and he drops it in. Oh. And I was, I'm, I'm not going to be, I'm going to be honest. I was very excited, like, maybe not quite as excited as I would be over a Jets win. You know, I think when the Jets are good and they win, which that it's been a long time since they have been good. But it's, that's like, you know, everyone knows when your football team wins, it's like a, it's a huge, huge thing for the week. Wasn't quite at that level because I know there's still four games left. The Jets could still blow it, but it was. I was very, very excited. I was definitely pounding on, uh, pounding on the the wheel or the steering wheel a little bit, kind of yelling because I really do think Trevor Lawrence is going to be is going to be legit, and the Jets very nearly yeah. gave him away because obviously the Jaguars are one in whatever they are, and they have the strength of schedule tiebreaker. So if they finish with the same record, Jets lose out on Trevor Lawrence. So uh, it, it's been tough watching because I want, I, I've never, it's a weird feeling. I've never rooted for the jets to lose. Uh, so now I'm kind of like, I'm watching the games going, all right, I hope this young guy plays well. I hope this young guy plays well, but not too well. Cause I, you know, we want to keep that, <laughs> want to keep that pick. And so it's, it's yeah. definitely, it's definitely like, like, uh, like Evan Roberts said, you know, it's, it's definitely complicated watching the jets. Yeah, it's a weird situation. That was like what your reaction with like saying like Fields was better than Lawrence. That was kind of what I did last year. Where it was like the Giants and Washington were in like the Chase Young Bowl. Mm-hmm. It was like week 16, Giants win in overtime. And I'm like, hey, he's, he, he, kinda, he wasn't that great against Michigan. Yeah, I'm kind of yeah. going like I'm trying to like make it seem that it's like fine. Obviously, I would have loved him. Love Chase Young and the Giants, but I literally, I literally did the same thing. I was like, yeah. "Yeah, he's not that good. Whatever, I don't care." <laughs> we, yeah, we, you, oh. you you have to. Yeah, at that point, you have to like kind of figure out how you're gonna how you're gonna explain this away to yourself. Yeah, I was like, they need an offensive tackle anyway, so that mm-hmm. clears that up. Like, they're they're not gonna get um who went like third o- Okuda. Mm-hmm. To, yeah, I was like, they're not getting him. But like, it's so the call was just. It, I'm trying to wrap my head around the call because some people I, – I saw a poll. I think Ralph Facchiano may have tweeted out or maybe even Evan Roberts um, tweeted it out that it was like, why do you think Greg Williams did, you know, called an all-out blitz? And one of the options was is he's trying to tank. But them, the coaching staff trying to tank doesn't make any sense because they're not going to be around mm-hmm. to even reap the benefits of Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or, or you know whoever yeah. they get. Um, I'm not saying they're going to win two or three games against someone else. That's sort of you know out of the question at this point. But I just I'm trying to wrap my head around because why would you put like Lamar? Just forget the all-out blitz. Why would you put Lamar Jackson, who the only reason people know who this guy is, is because he has the same name as an MVP quarterback. Mm-hmm. Why put him on Henry Ruggs, who runs a – what was Ruggs's 40? 4-2 four, four like, or, you know, yeah, something, like, something ridiculous. Sir, like, what was the guy, the guy from Cincinnati? John Ross. It's like John mm-hmm. Ross levels was his yeah. 40. It just doesn't make um, any sense. But would you – I understand Greg Williams gets fired after that call. There's no chance he doesn't. Would you – would there have been an, any – just take that call, that decision-making, the cover zero out of the question – was there any argument to bringing Greg Williams back, you think, or no? At this point, I don't think so. I think, you know, the losing just became too much. And I don't, I've, I've stuck up for Greg Williams a little bit this year because uh, the defense is, is bad in a lot of areas. But I don't think the defense was the main problem this year. Like, the, the line is pretty strong. Uh, you know, you got Quinn Williams is playing really well. A couple of those other yeah. guys that they've got are, you know, it looks like they got some decent guys. You're going to get Mosley back next year. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot of areas to improve on the defense, but the defense hasn't been the main problem. The offense is the issue. Uh, but I think, you know, 0-16, 1-15, whatever they finish, it's too far gone for, you know, 
any of the coordinators or Gase to stick around. You know, maybe you have a, you know, a running backs coach or tight end, you know, some of those, those lower level guys, maybe one of them sticks around for something. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be completely shocked about that. Uh, But at this point, I think, you know, Gase, Williams, Loggins, they've kind of sealed their fate just with, you know, yeah. I, I mean, even, even if you think, you know, best case scenario, in terms of the coaches, they go two and 14. I don't even think that's enough to save any of them at this point. So obviously Gase had to make that call. And, you know, the uh, Chris Johnson had to fire Williams after the, the cover zero. But I also, it was not a tank move by Williams because no. he, he does that kind of stuff all the time anyway. I mean, maybe not quite to that extreme where it was the last play of the game. You yeah. Know, three three guys on three receivers maybe not that extreme but you see him in similar situations under a minute you know one possession game you see him bring the house like he does that all the time I mean that's that's been his mo anyone who says mm. oh my god that call came in you know from the top that the Jets needed to lose that's just that's just not true I mean the only the actually the one thing that surprised me was that Neville Hewitt didn't audible out of it because he could have um you know, as the quarterback of the defense, he could have audibled out of it. And then the other thing, and this was partially Gase is just so clueless. Um, when the, he said when he heard the call, the ball was already being snapped, which I don't understand. Like the call goes in 15, 20 seconds yeah. before the ball snapped. I don't know how you heard it right before the snap because if yeah. Gase really didn't want them to do that, he should be aware of what's going on. And he should, mm-hmm. if he hears Greg Williams call cover zero, he should go, timeout because I'm, I'm almost positive they had a timeout left call timeout say hey no we're not doing that go prevent um and put everyone back in the end zone because I mean Gase can't blame this all on Williams which I'm sure is what he's been trying to do all week um but he, he can't just blame Williams because he's the head coach you know the buck stops yeah. with you yeah it seems like he said that once he heard the call was brought I don't either that's a lie or it just shows that, like, the coaching staff is just so, you know, unstructured mm-hmm. and, or- and unorganized that they, they, don't, they don't even know what's going on. And that's, you know, I don't know. It's just so – and I could see – yeah, I, I could definitely see what you're saying. Like, one of the lower-level coaches being brought back. Like, that's what happened with the Giants this past year when, you know, Pat Shermer, who was a t- – um, you know, he's gone – even they even a lower level coach they brought back the special teams coordinator because he was mm-hmm. you know fantastic the last couple of years um you know even even the quarterback that that's you know mm-hmm. that's oh and um where where would you where does darnold go you think I can't see him going to like a New England because I don't think I think Joe Douglas is smart enough to know not to send him to a division rival, especially mm-hmm. one where Bill Belichick is the head coach. Yeah. So like, do you think not. like maybe in Indianapolis, or do you think not even in the conference? I think in Indianapolis actually like kind of early in the season when it was looking like okay, Trevor Lawrence is a legitimate possibility. Indy was up there for me, where you know Darnold could end up. Wouldn't be surprised with that. A couple other ones that I've been thinking about: San Fran. Um, because I think Kyle Shanahan's a good enough coach where he'd be able to get something out of Darnold. Just because I, th- I think in his offense, he needs somebody who can throw the ball downfield. And, you know, obviously Sam hasn't been great in his first three years, uh, but he's got talent. So if, if Shanahan thinks he can get something mm-hmm. out of Darnold, I wouldn't be, wouldn't be shocked to see that work. Uh, yeah, a lot of it's not his fault. No, like, I know, mean, like, he's, it's, he's it's got a situation. Yeah, he's got to take blame, you know, because obviously – good quarterbacks and franchise quarterbacks will elevate mediocre teams and mediocre coaches. Uh, But a lot, I mean, I I put most of it on Gase. Um, So that's why I think like Shanahan, Shanahan would be a good, a good landing spot for him. Chicago is another team that, you know, they're probably going to be looking and seeing, you know, kind of testing the quarterback market out there after, after the disaster this year. Um, And actually the other one, I have a couple of friends who are Steelers fans and they are like obsessed with Sam, Sam Darnold. They they're like, get Darnold, maybe sit him back behind Ben for a year, and then stick him in there. You know, I I, yeah. I have I have a couple. I don't know how realistic that one is, but I have a couple friends who uh, they would be they would be thrilled to see Sam Darnold in the black and yellow. 
Yeah, you know, it's it's like, because, you know, Chicago, yeah, that situation's weird. I mean, I'm a big, I've always been sort of a big Trubisky guy. I don't even know why. Um, I actually have his jersey. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know why. You're I the do. biggest not, Trubisky like fan, I was going to say outside yeah, Chicago, but probably yeah, inside Chicago, like, too. Hey, yeah, I probably anywhere. No, it's literally. I remember like it was. I don't know. It was like 2017, his rookie year. I started liking them. I started liking him, and I just like made this wild prediction that he would win MVP in 2019. And then like the odds for MVP came out for 2019, and he led the way. And I'm sitting there like, wait, this started as a joke, and I'm gonna look like the smartest <laughs> yeah. guy ever. And then it just did not happen. Um, he, but he yeah, did have. He, he did have a good run there for a little. Like yeah, he, he he had like, and this is the same thing with Darnold too. Like they had these like three, four, five week stretches where you're like, whoa, like. They could They're be crazy. You know, they could be something really good. I remember it's always year two. Yeah, I I remember actually I, from Darnold's rookie year. I remember, um, and he had one of these in his in year two also. But Darnold's rookie year, like the last three games of the year, I was actually at the one Texans game um, where they lost, but he was like phenomenal. He had another game yeah. where like, he went toe to toe with with Rogers. So I think some of these young QBs, you could see them, you know, kind of getting a second opportunity somewhere and flourishing. I mean, look at. You know Ryan Tannehill. He gets. I mean, he was he was in Miami for a little bit longer than these guys uh, have been in their spots. But you see him. He gets away from Gase, and then next thing you know, he's. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's obviously he's not Patrick Mahomes, but he's like a legit, <laughs> you know, Pro Bowl. Yeah. yeah. But no, but not, but no one is Patrick. Yeah, Mahomes. that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's the thing. That's like, the tough. That's a really tough standard to. Uh, yeah. To, to put somebody against. No, I, I see what you're saying. You need to have a sort of like head coach that you could sort of um, connect with. Like, obviously, like Gase looked good in Denver, but I mm-hmm. could have looked good in Denver with that yeah. offense that was scoring 40 points a game in 2013. Yeah. And then, you know, and then he goes to, I think, Chicago. And then he, and then Miami, they made the playoffs, I think, with mm-hmm. Gase. The I, think first his, year. I think his first year. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think Tannehill got hurt. And then it kind of was just a disaster after that. But, um, yeah, I could see Darnold going maybe to Pittsburgh. I, I feel like that would be, I guess, a good fit almost. They need, they need someone because you watch them. Mason Rudolph's not the guy. Mm-hmm. I think we no. all understood that last year. Uh, uh, Duck Hodges, no. Is Duck Hodges still on the team? I don't even, <laughs> I don't even know, but, yeah. I, don't even know. I think we saw last year that, like, the Steelers were a good team but they just didn't have a good quarterback, you know? I mean, and Mason Rudolph, don't get me wrong. I think he's an okay backup. Like for somebody, like if you have to plug him in a couple weeks here and there, but as, yeah. as a backup where, you know, Ben goes out for the year, that that's not his, that like he's, you can't survive no. with him as your quarterback for a full year. Dude, Tomlin would have won coach of the year by a mile and a half if they won. If they went to the playoffs last mm-hmm. year without, oh, he would have won coach. The, it would have been the biggest, like, like no brainer. Um, I was watching them. It's weird. Like the Steelers, I was watching them Monday night. The, I, I, I don't know if they're that like dominant. Like they're, it's like a weird, like 11, like they can't run the mm-hmm. ball. And then they, or they don't even try to run the ball without James Connor. And then, you know, is, what are they going to have? Ben Roethlisberger throw 50 times a game in January. It's going to be 50 mile an hour wins. He's yeah. not going to be able to do it. I could see, I could literally see the Steelers. I think, I think they play Buffalo this week, maybe, or that could be next week. Yeah, I think Buffalo, it might be this week. Buffalo on Sunday. On Sunday. I think they lose that game. I think they lose by like 10, 14 points, to be honest with you. I mean, I saw them play Monday and then we saw, you know, Buffalo play right after. I think it's clear Buffalo is a better team. I think it depends and, if Connor comes back because it, you said it earlier, but it, like they abandon the run when they don't have Connor. If Connor comes yeah. back, they could be okay. Um, but I also, uh, to me, Josh Allen, like he's obviously having a fantastic season, but he can be a little shaky at times because he turns the ball over. Mm-hmm. And Pittsburgh yeah. so good. Um, I was actually I was writing something up about this game earlier today. Pittsburgh's plus eleven turnover differential this year, which is tied for first in the NFL. Yeah. Um, and I know they're losing Bud Dupree, but they still, they lead the NFL in sacks. Um, TJ Watt is a beast. So I think, you know, <laughs> if Josh Allen can take care of the ball, the bills will probably be okay. But if the Steelers kind of get back to their roots of a little bit more, you know, starting, starting off like uh, pounding the run game and then mm. using some play actions and things like that to get Ben um, some easier throws. Cause they should have beat Washington. I mean, it, there was just, couple of those goal line stands killed him ben made a couple mm. couple bad throws here and there and they just they couldn't run the ball um mm. but th- they should have won that game 
And I, I do, I do kind of know what people are saying when they're like, Oh, the worst 11 and O team in football. They're not dominant. I get that. <laughs> but I still think that Steelers, they just, they know how to win games, which is, which is yeah. how they've gotten to, you know, 11 and one. Cause even when it's tight games, um, I mean, I think back to the, to the first Ravens game where the Ravens take that lead and then the Steelers just methodically come back and, and put it to them in the second half. Um, the Steelers, you know, Tomlin's such a good coach. Ben is so experienced. They've got a ton of receivers. You know, they got a, a great defense. I wouldn't, I wouldn't count them out. I think I, I kind of need to see a little bit more from the Bills before I, I, uh, yeah. I go with them. Yeah, I mean, like, like <laughs> maybe I get a little too out of myself if I say like they're the worst eleven zero team. But also, well, at the it's same not, time, it's not just you. That, that, that was like Washington all over towards me. That the yeah, no, of, that's that's a thing. It was, it was all over Twitter. It was it like too. trending, yeah. But um, but yeah, no, I I, yeah. I don't know. I I actually, and this is kind of lining up where Steelers Bills might be um might be a playoff series or a playoff game in this yeah division round. That I think that would be a good divisional matchup um if we get that. Yeah, because then I think you know I don't think either I could see. I think Kansas City is going to get the number one seed in that yeah. conference. I don't think – I think the Steelers possibly lose one more game. I don't know about um, KC. I think, I think they yeah. went out. I, mean, I, just, I just think they're, they're way too dumb. I think KC repeats again. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I don't think, like, them. if they make it to the Super Bowl – I mean, I, I, after this past game, I, I don't know if I see Seattle going to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I just don't. Like, Gi- Giants, Giants are good right now. But their, I just, their defense is too. I mean, and I know they the Seahawks defense is okay against Colt McCoy and the Giants, but their defense yeah. just isn't isn't good enough to, to oh, make yeah. keep running the playoffs at least to me. Yeah, and you got if you're Russell Wilson, you got to do something to help out that offense against the Giants because you can't just like you're putting up 12 points. Mm-hmm. You got to do something. You know, if your D, if this Giants D is only going to give up 12 points or. Uh, yeah, twelve points. You yeah. got to score more. Yeah, like you, you, your defense is sort of stepping up against Colt McCoy. I mean, which isn't that big of a task because it's you know it's, it's Colt McCoy. And I say the offensive line is improving each. I think the offensive line is good. Uh, I I love Wayne Gallman. It's still not Squan Barkley. You got to sort of step mm-hmm. up. They don't really have a lot of the Giants. Don't have a lot of consistent weapons in the passing game. You know, it's Ster- mm-hmm. Sterling Shepard catches the pass. And then, Darius Slate's year, like, I don't know, he's just not, like, consistent. But if you're Seattle, I feel like you got to step up and win that game. And I just don't see them getting the Super Bowl. Uh, I think it'd be KC in New Orleans. I could see that. I think at this point is my – yeah. I yeah. think the New I... Orleans – I wrote about this this week. You, you have – we a, new, a good indicator of a good head coach is if you can still perform without your top guys. Mm-hmm. And we know Sean Payton's a great coach, and we especially know when you look at the fact that Drew Brees has missed eight games the last two years, and they've won all of them. Mm-hmm. Even and with then, that Taysom Hill, who's not even like a quarterback, quarterback. Yeah, like, and I, you know, I, he's like, I'm not sure he's what their athlete. record is. I'm not sure what their record is without Michael Thomas, but I mean they've they've been missing him for a few games too. So. <laughs> It's you know they can't they, be that bad. Yeah, they've they've had a lot of injuries and and they've overcome them so far. I think in NFC for me, and this is probably recency bias because of the the game last night. But I'm starting to lean towards the Rams just because that defense is is so good with you know Aaron yeah. Donald. Um, then you have Jalen Ramsey in the uh, the secondary, and you know Goff isn't great, but I think Goff is good enough where he can go on a a nice run in the playoffs mm. if he gets hot. If the running game is there, because when the running game's there and he can he can use the play action, he's he's solid. You know, he's he's not going to lose oh, yeah. games for you. And I just think I think that defense is going to hold up, which I would I would love to see. You know, Aaron Donald and the Rams D go up against Pat Mahomes and the the Chiefs offense. I think that would be a great Super Bowl. Well, that's like the like Goff's in a good situation because he's in a spot where he doesn't have to do too much. Mm-hmm. Like you know, Patrick Mahomes has been dealing with you know not so great defenses for a while to the point where they got to put up like mm-hmm. an absurd number of points here and there, you know, the Rams don't really have to, it's, it's just, you know, they, Aaron Donald is just way too talented, yeah. you know, on the front insane. and Jalen Ramsey. And it's just, you know, they have two, they have such, they, they have so much talent 
Um, I think to be honest, they need talent if they're going to want to sell tickets in that like enormous yeah. stadium. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that stadium is crazy. I, I don't think they'll have problems selling tickets. I think the Chargers might, because like I don't think anybody likes to move for the Chargers. Yeah, um, at least but, at least some people like didn't didn't hate the the Rams going out to L.A. But I think like everyone well, yeah, that was yeah. everyone in Southern California hated the Chargers moving to L.A. I, like I don't. I don't think that went over well, but yeah. And then they get rid of, not that he was, at, you know, not that they should have kept him or anything, but they get rid of Gurley, who was supposed to be, you know, one of their guys that they used to sell tickets and everything mm. like that. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I, it just, it, that's just such a good team, man. I mean, they, they were, I actually was listening to, um, I was listening to the, to the fan. I was listening to uh, John Jaskremski, JJ, and he, I think mm-hmm. he said he took, I, he, he was taking um, Patriots, I think it was plus four and a half or five and a half. I forget what he got in, he said. But I, I agreed with him. I thought we have the Patriots come out. They beat the Chargers 45 to yeah. nothing, and Cam Newton threw for 69 yards. Dominated. Like, that's how yeah. – yeah. It's like Jared Stidham came in another 69 yards. Like, they, they don't – like, they're just the good – I thought they were red hot. They were a good team. And I don't know. And it, and it kind of leads into my – final topic of discussion i think i think the pats may screw the jets over week 17 uh, I, I, would, I, think I wouldn't be shocked sure. that that scenario has crossed my mind 100 looking last night i was like mm-hmm. okay if the patriots win this game and they're going to be up against miami for the wild card spot they're going to want to you know they're going to need to win that week 17 game and you know i think the jets will lose that and they'll get lawrence but now i it's looking like maybe new england isn't as good as we think or, you know, had that we thought. And I think, you know, that that may be that may be like Jet fans may sweat that day. And don't forget that, you know, obviously the Raiders game is the one that everyone's gonna remember as, you know, the Jets almost won and they gave it away. But the Jets yeah. had the Patriots on Monday Night Football earlier this year. Yeah. They had them dead to rights and same kind of thing, you know, it wasn't quite as dramatic, but they have a game in hand and they give it away. Um it's only I mean I, I'm probably forgetting one other one, but that's the only two times all year, I think, where the Jets have, like, really had the win. Um, uh, Chargers. Chargers, too. yeah. They, they had a – it was a one-score game, so that in the Jets' world, that's that's a close game. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, those – When the, were they – when were they favored? Sorry. Broncos. They, I think they – Denver, yeah. Broncos I, game. I, they were yeah. – they weren't even – it wasn't that close at all, right? Uh, Denver won by nine, if I, can I remember. believe. Denver, Denver won by nine. Oh, okay. It was It was – it was close maybe for the first half, and then Denver kind of pulled away in the second half. Um, but, yeah, that was a game. Yeah, I, Pierre Desir got just abused by Jerry Judy. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That's the one, I remember yeah, that that's game, the one game. It was just a while ago. The Broncos have not been favored once all year long. Wait, really? Yeah, they have, have been That's underdogs. pretty absurd. At least, I mean, maybe maybe one of the books had it differently, but DraftKings, um, they've, have, they've been the underdog in every single game so far this year. Yeah, I um, I think I made it. I when I was when I came on your podcast, uh, on Small Ball Radio, I think that was already like seven months ago. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, that was post draft stuff we were doing. Which yeah, I was all the months have blurred into one another. Oh yeah, to be honest, in the last nine months, yep. I said I think I said my two dark horse teams would be Denver and Arizona, and it's not looking great especially for Denver. <laughs> Arizona Arizona looks okay though. I think they've 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 I think they've they've lost a couple games that they probably should have won and uh they still I I forget exactly where they are in the NFC picture, but they they've still got a, a shot. Um uh, they're outside of it now. Right? Yeah, they're like eighth or ninth. They've nine. lost they've lost they lost three in a row and um you know, I'm hoping they lose yeah, this weekend. This Sunday against the Giants, <laughs> which I'm going to be honest, I was I was looking at Cardinals minus three and thinking maybe, maybe, but I don't know. I've I've, I've been very successful betting on the Giants this year, so I don't know if I want to uh, I want to go against them. Well, I picked I in like my uh, my ESNY piece, I picked uh, Giants to win outright, but on the podcast for the last five, four weeks, I've I've when I make my prediction, I say the other team mm-hmm. and it's where I, I, I literally say like, I like, yeah, I'm doing my reverse psychology and it's worked yeah, four yeah. weeks in a row. <laughs> so I'm, I, and I always say whatever the giant, whoever the giants are playing 21 giant 17 every single time it's yeah. now it's yeah. So I did it. I did it today. 
It's uh, you like, weren't you weren't I, that far off last week because you got the seventeen right on the Giants against the uh, yeah yeah <laughs> three more field goals yeah uh, I mean I'm hoping I'm wrong every time I do it but yeah I mean it's, especially now it's it's weird the first time in like a couple of years I'm not really rooting for like you know a tank really in the late not that they the mm-hmm. Giants were really ever tanking like I mean they had five wins the year I think you know they had five wins and then four wins so it's not like they were just like winless and mm-hmm. you wanted to lose but i mean this is sort of the first time since 2016 i think where i've been like okay yeah they have to win this game instead mm-hmm. of just like what do i care <laughs> yeah instead <laughs> like, of being yeah more apathetic where it's like oh, okay it, win would be nice but who cares yeah. like yeah, yeah. It's 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 a it's a weird feeling and it, it's also weird watching them beat like philly and they i think they'll beat like uh De- us week 17 i haven't seen that in like five years so yeah it's been a while Be like different i guess in those regards yeah literally um thank you for coming on man appreciate uh, yeah. it thanks thanks for having um, me it was uh as bad as this jet season is it's good good to you know talk about trevor lawrence a little bit and some uh, other nfl yeah. topics <laughs> It's hope, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's not on me. You're hoping they don't, they don't win a game if they do. Well, I guess we'll have to have, to have another conversation about Justin yeah. Fields and how he's, how, how he's much better. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. <laughs> but, um, yeah, thank you, man. Um, all right. And that's about wraps it up for episode 57 of the wide right podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm Ryan honey of elite sports, New York and elite sports radio network. Follow me on Twitter at Ryan honey, E S N Y. And that's at Ryan honey, E S N Y. Uh, listen to and, and subscribe to the Wide Right Podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Iron Radio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And all right, I'm out of here.